Hello and welcome everybody to this week's episode of A Man and His Word podcast. I am your host, Christian Gabriel. And again, we have another one of our co-hosts, uh, contributing members of the team, Elijah out of Oceanside, California. Welcome hey. back, brother. I know hey, it's hey. been a hot while. Um, my schedule has just been wonky being in, in the military. Um, and this upcoming week, I'll, I'll actually be on your side of the world in Southern California, actually like in Barstow at the national training center. If you poor soul. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be stuck out there for a whole month. I'm trying, I I know I'm not going to have any cell service and what, what makes it really hard is uh, I got back into college because I'm working on a different degree slash master's program in information systems. And I, I finally got everything going. Got, you know, uh, and the classes that I'm taking, I'm only taking two because it's it's eight week classes instead of the full 16. So I'm still considered full time working full time. And my current average is uh, I have a ninety eight point nine five in one class and then I have wow. like ninety six point seven five. That's because the teacher is a hater and she always gives me a ninety five on these essay questions. That's part of a quiz, but whatever that's a story for a different day. So I'm doing pretty well and everything's going good. And then we got the, uh, the emergency alert to say, Hey, get ready to go to NTC. So for anybody that's on listening, NTC is just the national training center. The military sends people out there to do like a mock training full scale thing where we pretend that we're in Iraq or Afghanistan or somewhere else. Liberating Atropia is the, uh, the, uh, the, the town or the country out there. So pray for me. And that's why, you know, I really wanted to get some stuff down before I'm gone for another month. So hopefully when I get back, it won't be so sporadic. So, but, you know, we'll go ahead and get into this. Um, again, like I said, welcome, Elijah. Uh, um, it's always a pleasure to have you here. And Oh, I, I, I completely enjoy being on this show, man. Yeah, and so Elijah and I, we've been brewing this this cup of coffee for a hot while. It's actually Elijah's idea. It's one of the, the first topics that we've had when we were brainstorming things. And uh, so I want Elijah to go ahead and take point on this. And we're just going to um, pretty much just talk. And just, of course, everything will be backed up by the Bible and just, just different things that we've learned. But, you know, everything is inspired by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. And so I'm believing in the Holy Spirit and my Lord and Savior to anoint this time of fellowship that we have to reach you all. And that it would just, you know, speak to you in in whichever way God is uh, leading you towards. So go ahead, Elijah. Go ahead and let them know what our topic is and uh, just roll right into it. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me again. I really enjoy, I really enjoy coming in the show and be able to not only give my views or give the message of what God's given me, but also to at least bring some good points out there, but also spend time with my brother in Christ uh, and be able to share our thoughts. And the point of this uh, podcast and the point of this episode in general is to kind of be kind of come out there and kind of have a you know, a session almost like two two men having coffee together and kind of you know bring up this 
you know, these points of what our thoughts on certain topics, but I'm not here to preach a sermon. I'm not here to try to convince someone of their salvation. I'm not here to try to, you know, try to win people over into my side or anything like that. I, anything I present out there, I'm willing to be proven wrong if it's backed up on scripture, because I'm going to present my views on the, on the scripture as well. But I, tonight I kind of, like our brother said, I, I wanted to bring out what legalism is. And that's kind of what I want to go tonight is just talk about legalism. And, and I want to counteract that with the, the importance of prayer when you, whenever we serve God with, with a heart to serve, because oftentimes we get into situations where we use, we use our own convictions to try to serve God instead mm. of actually his grace. And we look unto our own righteousness and our own abilities to follow laws and to be able to follow different things. And yes, I understand that God lays down laws of morals, mor morality. And he also lays down rules and things like that to try to try to serve him with and to better ourselves with. But we are not saved by these rules. We're saved by him himself and him alone. I'm not here to try to say what we're doing for God is legalism. I'm not here to try to convince someone that they're in a cult. I'm not here to say that it's wrong to follow your convictions and try to hold other people by the standards of that. Because there are some certain convictions that we have that we have developed through Christ that are for ourselves. And then there's other convictions that are that are actually, I truly believe that God gives to us to share with others, to try to keep us all on the straight and narrow that we yeah. call this walk with Christ. That is a, a valid point that you mentioned um, convictions versus truths that we hold sacred. Right. So right. a conviction would be like, I don't listen to secular music because I have, I have a hard time um, with music because it causes me to get angry because I like hardcore music or whatever right. the case is. So I'm not going to listen to uh, secular music or music mm -hmm. at all. I know, I know a lady in my church, she, she doesn't like music because it reminds her of the times when she was younger and, and she would like to party and in that spirit of, of partying and doing stuff to that nature, you know, she's tempted to want to do these things. So, she just stays away from music completely. And that's awesome. That's a conviction. I don't have that conviction. I, I can be driving with one of my, my coworkers in a car and listen to music and not feel a certain type of way. But that is different than things in the Bible that says, thou shalt not commit adultery. You know, it doesn't matter what where you are in your walk with Christ. There are certain things that you just don't do. You know, mm -hmm. um, and that's not a conviction. That is just like, hey, man, this is going to cause you some issues. There's no um, gray area when it comes to thou shalt not covet, you know, thy your, your your neighbor's wife. And and I think that's where, what you're getting at, right? Right, exactly. That's that's where I was kind of like um, in a broad spectrum. That's what I was kind of getting at was just like I don't um, – 
I don't want to get too deep in the woods about the law that God himself had put down, like, let's say, the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Um, the point of this is not to explain each one, but I want to try to bring out a different, not only try, I want to touch on the idea that there is a difference between conviction and actual, you know, sin, as right. well as, or at least going against sin, as well as try to paint a clear picture, or try to convey a message of what, of what we're, what conviction is and, and then and on top of that, too, how that can turn into legalism. Okay. If that makes cool. sense. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and just start off with your definition of legalism. So send it. Well, my definition of legalism, I actually get from, I, I actually get it from online where I, I search through Oxford and Wikipedia and a couple other places. And so I'm going to the actual true form of what legalism is in a religious sense. And that is, Dependence on moral law rather than a personal religious faith. Hmm. Yes. And so this is kind of an extreme point of like, kind of like in the Bible, we see how the Pharisees, they were, they were trying to hold onto their salvation, you know, by, by fasting. They were trying to hold on to it by keeping these, these laws, whether they were dated or outdated you know, and whole true form. Like they, they, they ridiculed and scolded Jesus for healing the people and doing these different miracles on the Sabbath, which Jesus kind of, he completely just didn't even want to put up with it and just rebuked him, called him names like whitewash sepulchre and things like that for this. Yeah. And, and it tried to go into that differently itself. Legalism is in this modern terms of we kind of we can see it in our churches. Um, like I said earlier in the as before we started off, as we started off, I'm sorry. As I said, my point is not to convince anybody that they're in a legalism stance or they're under a legalistic authority or in a cult by any chances. I just want to paint a clear definition of that. And I encourage anybody to seek God and read his word and pray about it. But I want to bring up the legalism in the church to this day. Like there is many forms of it. And that's the reason why we touched on conviction as well. Because oftentimes these Pharisees were following personal convictions, but they were trying to force others into their personal conviction of what they thought was righteousness. Yeah. And I know there were a lot of Pharisees who were, and even today, Christians who, you know, puff out their chest and say, oh, Lord, I fasted three days this week. What have the, these people done? I prayed for three hours this day. What have these people done? Uh, and yet this, these, there's other people who say, God, I'm wrong. I need you. I want, I'm doing these things. I'm praying to you for three hours this day because I want to know you more. I'm fasting for however long because I want to know you more, Lord. They actually have a heart to serve God through their actions compared to actually trying to win favor right. through their actions. I think what's pretty awesome about the definition from the dictionary where it says... 
law versus personal relationship. I think it said something to that effect. Yeah, you're pretty close. Right. And I think, so going back just for a quick history lesson, the Jews were given the law and that's their, that was like the covenant that God made with them. and, And he gave them the law and said, Hey, these are the rules that you need to hold on to. So they did that. And even to this day, in modern times, we we have our own laws, whether they're traffic laws or just laws that help govern us as a society to keep us between the left and the right limits. So nobody goes all the way out in left field and, and does whatever they want. It's, it's a way to keep society moving and grooving and keep things civil. We don't want to have anarchy. We don't want people doing whatever they want. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. That's how it was. They didn't have the law. They didn't have God. And ultimately they did what they wanted. I think in the Bible, it it talks about that they gave into every impure desire that their body had. So Mm -hmm. it was almost like they weren't in control. And then, so the Jews have, or they had the law of Moses or the book Moses and it was like, hey, these are all the things that, that you need to do, the Ten Commandments that we already talked about. And that's what kept them um, righteous with God. The problem with that is, is that when Jesus Christ came into the world, he died for our sins. And back in the day, there was different types of sins that you committed. And then there was different types of, of sacrifices. There was drink offerings. There was blood, you know, sacrifices. All these things had a cause and effect for um, for those sins. I'm just reminded of 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 Job, Job four seven nine. Job, quick story for anybody who hasn't read it. Job gets afflicted by all these things by lack of um, his health declines. His family is destroyed. They they die. All these things because Satan is having an art, I don't know, disagreement, argument with God. Um, so anyways, Job is afflicted with all these things and his friends come out and they're trying to comfort him. And Job is trying to say, look, man, I didn't do anything wrong. This just happened to me. I don't know what's going on. And his friends in chapter four, verses seven through nine, it reads, remember now, Whoever perished being innocent, or where were the upright ever cut off? Even as I have seen, those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. By the blast of God, they perish, and by the breath of his anger, they are consumed. Right? So, to me, it's easy to get caught up in being legalistic because it's like, hey, this is a cause and effect. I didn't I didn't get that job because I wasn't qualified. I am sick because I opened my my life up to sin and I think with the Jews they hold on to that because as humans we want to be in control. I want to know like hey God, if I do these five things that you told me to do then you're going to answer uh, my prayers. I'm going to get all these things that I want. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's not how life is. You can fast all day. You can pray all day. And God might not answer your prayers the way you wanted it to, you know, because at the end of the day, it's not about us. 
I think, you know. Exactly. On, uh, And that's what we kind of, we get in this mindset of just trying to do right to win favor whenever we have his favor through him. Yes, we have to do certain, we have to give up certain things in life, like the old flesh to become a new creation and come of Christ. But that's not an over overnight thing. For right. instance, we recently had a discussion in some of the brothers in my church about like, uh, and even my pastor was, it was during the men's breakfast and my pastor, he was talking about like uh, clothing standards and, and just to kind of put this out there. I remember whenever we were having lunch that one time, we were going all over dress codes in the church. Like during Sundays, I try to dress up a little nicer. I'll have on a nice pair of slacks, nice shirt, with a nice tie and I'll be clean shaven and stuff like that. But when it comes to a Wednesday night service or throughout the week where I'm just coming straight from work, half the time I'm wearing my Converse and blue jeans with a, with a button up shirt tucked in and a decent tie. And, and I know it's kind of, it might sound kind of, kind of counter intuitive to our conversation at hand, but our standard of our church to be in ministry is if you're in a ministry position, you have to wear a collared shirt with a tie. Yeah. And, but the rest of it doesn't matter just as long as you're making sense with it, like blue jeans with a pair of clean shoes, closed toe shoes, certain places, you know, there's standards to obtain too, but that doesn't make you saved. And my pastor and during this men's breakfast, my pastor, I brought that up to my pastor. And it wasn't like saying, oh, your church, that church is wrong. We're the right way of doing it. We have to wear blue jeans on Wednesday to be. That wasn't the conversation. But I brought that up to him. And he, and he made this statement of kind of along the lines of the rules are created by the pastor. But no pastor is saying that anybody is not saved because they don't dress like that. Right. And he made the statement as well as, you know, the, you know, the six month to ministry type thing that six months, like we, in our fellowship, for those who don't know, to be able to be in a, some sort of platform ministry, let's say nursery, children's church, you know, song service, anything like that, you have to wait six months. And this is a fellowship standard. You, you have to be in good attendance for six months before you can sign a ministry covenant, which lays down rules to be in ministry. None of this has anything to really to do with salvation. You are not unsaved because you're waiting that six months. And you're also not unsaved because you didn't sign that ministry covenant. And you're not unsaved because you're not following one of these rules that's in the ministry covenant. And I'm not going to go into the ministry covenant now. Um, there's certain standards in our, in our fellowship to be in ministry. You have to abide by this ministry covenant And some of them's appearance such as dress nice, don't have TV and don't have all these other things. And I know people in ministry that have on a TV. I know people in ministry who on Wednesday nights don't show up in a tie because of their line of work before 
they come to service, but they still come somewhat clean and presentable. And, and this is kind of what we're trying to, what I'm trying to talk about is first, my first point is the standard. You know, we, we have a standard to go by. We have standards to try to live by and things like that. And it's not so much as, is we're not saved because we're not, because we're unable to follow by it, but it's more of a, but it's kind of like a guidance to bring us closer to Christ. If that yeah. makes sense. I really wanted to dive into more of, of uh, standards at different churches as far as, um, you know, just standards and, and convictions. I remember when I first got saved and I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I was in the church. And, <clears throat> you know, like you said, there are our dress code standards. If you want to be in ministry, this is just how mm -hmm. it is. My pastor put it to me as this is just the uniform that that we wear. You know, if, if you're in a football on a football team, you're not going to show up wearing whatever you want. This is just you got to get in the right mindset because how you dress is how you you appear to other people. And we mm -hmm. want to portray that we have our stuff together. Now, does it say in the Bible that you have to have a suit? No, it doesn't. Jesus wore the same thing that everybody else wore. He even said, hey, if you have an extra tunic or an extra robe, give it to the guy who doesn't have it. Just mm -hmm. keep what you have on your back and, and go do ministry. That's what he told the disciples when he sent them you know, out there their own way to get some, some uh, discipleship ministry, solo, uh, whatever you want to call it. So he sent them out, right? Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, I just kind of was like, mm, I don't know about this. And my pastor said exactly what yours did. He said, a suit doesn't make somebody saved. But with the same effect, if I'm going out on, on a date with somebody, you know, somebody that I'm courting, I want to look my best. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to shave. I'm going to iron my clothes. And with that same of that same notion, it's kind of like what you want to give to God. The, the the hiccup or the hang up that that we have that new believers, new converts, people that are unbelievers, and you're walking into the church for the first time or a different kind of church. You get there and you see all these standards, and immediately the flesh inside of you that that is used to the world is fighting you right. on every as on every aspect to get you out of that church. You mm -hmm. walk in, you're like, "Oh, I'm underdressed. I didn't. Uh, my I, I have brown pants on, but I have black shoes. That that's taboo. You know, I can't be here. I'm underdressed. I'm I'm not this. I'm not that. The devil wants to tell you that you're you're not good enough." Right. So there's that spiritual aspect. And then, you know, you get saved and you want to be in ministry and then you're hit with, hey, dude, if you want to be in ministry, you got to be in a suit and tie. And it's easy to get put off by that. And I think not understanding the reason why certain rules or convictions that are imposed on you. It's. It can be viewed as legalistic because you don't understand the reason behind it. Absolutely. And, and in sociology, I learned about this, this phenomenon. I know before we started recording, 
Elijah had shared with me something and he can explain that afterwards, but it, it made me think of this. And if it's, I think it's really similar. So if it is cool, if not, then you can explain your uh, thing. So there was, there was a study done and they had um, monkeys or apes or whatever you want to call them. We'll just call them monkeys. They had them in this room and in the center of the room, there was a bowl of fruit and throughout the room, it was like a circular room, a dome, if you will. So in, in this, in this environment, we'll call it, they had fruit throughout and, and the monkeys were able to go and eat the fruit. But when a monkey went to the center and, and ate the fruit, everybody or all the monkeys in that area got shocked because they had a, they had collars on. So anytime somebody would go and touch that, they would get shocked. So with that first set of monkeys, anytime somebody tried it or even got near it, they would, they would womp on this dude because they didn't want to get shocked with the, with the collars. So what the scientists started to do is they started to take out portions of those monkeys and put them in with new monkeys and everything happened the same. So any, when the new monkeys tried to go and get the fruit from the center, all the other monkeys that knew what was going on would beat them up. They would get violent. So they continued to, to do this process until there were no more original monkeys in that test group. And all the monkeys would beat up any monkey that tried to eat from that bowl of fruit that was in the middle. Mm -hmm. And when we, when the Pharisees first got, not the Pharisees, but when the Jews first got the laws, they knew why. These are the Ten Commandments, and they knew why they were supposed to, to follow them. Because they were giving into these, these evil desires. They were having relations with their brothers and their, not their brothers, but their brothers' wives is what I was meant to say. But they were doing all this willy-nilly, and they were giving into carnality. And the Ten Commandments came down and said, hey, you guys can't do this. Now, you go generations and generations and generations down the line, and the, and the Jews and the Pharisees, the religious elite, held on to these, these laws and these rules, but not knowing why. They were set mm -hmm. in place. They just knew, hey, don't do this. And when it comes to, and that's the same thing that I had. I didn't understand why I had to wear a tie to be an mm -hmm. usher. I was like, this, this doesn't make me save. This is, excuse me, if anything, it kind of pushed me away from wanting to be in ministry. I was like, didn't, you know, <sighs> Jesus loves me for who I am. He doesn't care about this, but. The longer that I was in ministry and the longer I was in that church, I started to see things differently because I understood why. When I would meet different people, it wasn't so much of a pride thing to be like, look at me. I look good in my my Italian suit because in, in my church, we don't have name tags that say, hey, I'm usher so-and-so or I'm deacon so-and-so. Mm -hmm. There's no titles. So nobody knows who you are unless you go up there and, and introduce yourself. Um but I, I wanted to have 
an intimate relationship with God. I wanted to put my best foot forward. I wanted to present myself clean, i.e. like showered, hair combed, you know, in a suit looking good because I wanted to give God my best. And I think that's the right mindset to have. Mm -hmm. A good heart to have when it comes to anything, whether it's convictions or you get into a new church and they say, hey, this is what we do. Because so I recently moved in the last like six months. So I, I go to a different church now. And when I, I'm at my new church with a different pastor from a different wing of the same fellowship that we're in, I would get there before before Sunday school and I would pray. Every service, I would get there an hour early and I would just be there and be in prayer. And my pastor, he pulled me aside one day and he was like, hey, dude, just so you know, we don't pray before the morning service we pray in the evening service and he, he said i know you come from a different church from a different wing of the fellowship and they do that but just know like we don't do that and i and i told him i said pastor like i don't do it because this is what the chandler wing does no it was to me i bought into the idea like i told you in previous podcasts, when I pray, I'm getting ready for battle. I'm getting ready for to do God's work. And that's how I felt. So it's easy, you know, being that's another thing too. Um, you know, just praying and being in prayer. But right. I have to tell him, like, hey, dude, I'm not being legalistic because my pastor made me do it. No, I wanted to do it because I want to pray over the sermon. I want to lift up my pastor. I want to lift up needs that I, that I that I have that other people in my church have. Um, and he said, you know, I'm not telling you not to just know we, we don't put that on our people, but I appreciate you setting a new tone, uh, being an, uh, an example for prayer. You know, he said, just keep doing what you're doing. And if others want to join you, cool. If they don't cool. And I thought that was kind of cool because he didn't, um, He's not trying to say, hey, everybody needs to be like Christian because he's here early and he wants to pray. And if you want to be a deacon in this church, you're going to pray. You know, like that's not how it is. Right. So like just, you know, you, you've mentioned that you've been in, in different churches uh, throughout mm -hmm. your whole life. What are some some examples that you've seen? And, and again, don't go too far into the weeds and be like, hey, this is what we do and this is what they did, but just different examples that, that other people might not know can you know view it as legalism or, or whatever the case is. Yeah, well, a good example of like, um, kind of like you're, since we're already on the same topic of the clothing uh, and the different clothing standards, like at my, the church I got saved in was actually the Sims of God church. And it was a great church, and and it's still a great church from what I've gathered and when I go back to visit them. And the thing that got me is when I first got saved, like, I didn't really, I was a teenager, kind of, if you want to listen to my testimony, it's it's also posted in one of the other earlier podcasts. But it's, but I remember if I wanted to be used in ministry setting, first off, I... 
I had to have a clean appearance, of course, but they didn't get on the entire collar shirt. You had to have a clean shirt with no profanity. It had to look presentable. It had to be an actual shirt shirt, not an undershirt, and no holes, no stains whatsoever. But on top of that, too, you had to wear slacks. Like, you had to wear, whether they're khaki or corduroy or what have you, you had to wear a nice pair of slacks with a, and you had to wear a nice pair of dress shoes mm. with that. And the few times I was on stage and used, I, I had to dress in that appearance. Um, if I, if I was, if it was just a testimony night or something like that, they would let me on stage with whatever I was wearing. Um, and no harm, no foul. You know, when I was in high school, when I was a teenager, no one really cared if I showed up with shorts or anything like that. You know, but I was I was at the altar speaking in tongues. I was at the altar saved, yeah. being prayed over. And no one really challenged my dress code. There were people in full suits, and they were like the, some of the old timers. None of them gave anybody a hard time on that. Fast forward to the church I'm in now. Where, like I was saying, to be in ministry, you have to wear a nice collar shirt with a tie. Doesn't matter if you're wearing slacks or blue jeans, or but you have to wear closed, closed uh, toed shoes, from my understanding. But it would make sense, too. No one wants to see you in flip flops anyway. <laughs> right. yeah, on a tie. No one, um, see your, no one wants to see your foot fungus. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and us military guys, we, we have a lot of uh, funky feet from <laughs> poor conditions in Iraq, Afghanistan, and uh, different places. So, yeah, yeah. I think I think so much like the, the, the closed-toed shoes isn't really for religious purposes or – you know, getting in tune with God. I think it's just like a public service thing that, that pastors oh, yeah. do. Think, hey dude, nobody wants to look at your ugly feet. You know, yeah. Beat that throw gang signs. Cause they're, they're sitting sideways like a PS2. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, sitting like, come on. Like PS2. I like that. Yeah, man. You know, I think that's crazy, but, but it's, but ahead, yeah, man. but kind of go on to this. I kind of also want to touch this. Like I see people that come dressed up nice because they're, they want to look presentable before the Lord. Like my mm-hmm. pastor, I've I see him in suits every now and then, like with a with a blazer, like a nice blazer every now and then right. for special occasions, like baby dedications, funerals, weddings. But the most part, he's with slacks and tie and a collared shirt. Yeah. But I want to I want to reiterate to this. I don't. I never got his name. I pray that he's still doing well with God. I know I have faith he's still with Christ and all this. But I remember years ago, and I was completely convicted because I was kind of like you at one point in time where I reached a point where I was just like, why do I have to wear a tie to church? I don't like wearing ties. And I, I dress up despite I don't really like it, but I dress up because I, I want to look presentable before the Lord. And God's working my heart about that, and it's slowly becoming more comfortable. I'm slowly getting a better attitude about it. But I remember one time years ago, when I first, I remember I'd already been a minister for a couple of years and I was struggling with the thought of like, okay, I don't really want to wear a tie in ministry, but I'll do it. Yeah. I remember at a men's discipleship down in Claremont Mesa, there was a gentleman there and I didn't get a chance to talk to him much, but I knew he was a new convert. 
But the dude showed up with a green pair of slacks with a green shirt and a green it was a green t-shirt, let me add, with a green tie. None of it matched. But <laughs> man, he was green, huh? Oh yeah. But he was so happy to be yeah. wearing any of it and be serving God and it yeah. was just such a good attitude. It was such a convicting thing. And I and I didn't mention anything about that. Um, but it was just like and he was um you know, he was the SoCal kind of like the saved cholo guy. It was just like it was like it was like, man, I'm just so happy to be here serving God. And because I talked to him a little bit and he gave me his testimony. It was just like, yo, I was in prison, dog, and you know, I, I, I don't want to try to imitate him or anything like that. Right, right. Try to give you the, the Cheech and Chong Cholo sound. But <laughs> but he was just so happy to be in church serving God wearing a tie. And it was so convicting. But mm. this isn't this podcast isn't about clothing. But yeah. it was but I, I mentioned that because I want to pivot into back to our point of the reason. First off, we have standards for a reason to try to create like a discipleship and discipline within order in the church to try to try to create like a ground of an idea of yeah, what the I, rules are. Yeah. It's just foundation. Like you said, to, to get anybody moving and grooving in the same way, we have to buy into the same mindset. We both want to have to, we both have to want the same thing. And it's just building a foundation just with any team, you know, just that's why we, we, we give our testimony up front. So, you know, where we're at, what, what we stand for, and it makes it mm -hmm. easier to, to move uh, from there. Absolutely. So, I think that, and, that's a good thing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Um, And it kind of going forward is just like, we have these standards set in place. So we have something to move and groove and abide by right? and to explain who we are, but it's also, we also move forward with that. And I know people can kind of build onto that. And kind of like what we were going on before, we have to we have to take away with that and we have to abide by that. But there also has to be a clear picture of what the standard is. Yeah. And not only not only to that, and like you'll see a lot of our churches, my church, and of course I know your pastor, Christian. Yeah, I know him. He's absolutely great. I've met him a yeah. couple of times in life. He's um, so funny, man. He is. He's, he's, oh, I love him. Yeah. I love him to death. I yeah. His son, Corey, is amazing. But yeah. it's like, and the same thing with all these great men who have a love for the gospel and a love for people. Whenever they implement these standards, they have a reason behind it. Exactly. It's not. It's not some hidden agenda of saying, okay, well, in this church, you have to, you have to tie ten percent, yeah. But don't ask why. Just exactly. just trust in God. They they have an explanation. Not only does it, like like my pastor, I've noticed he will not only give a biblical definition of certain things, but certain things also he'll give the biblical definition as well as the practical definition, like right. like the modern translation. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, like how, how 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 it applies to us as regular people in the world? Like, like for instance, we had a conversation recently with a new convert on and on why we why we tithe. Yeah, and and this isn't 
going back into the clothing, this isn't an podcast about tithing, but I'll give you a brief definition. We tithe to, you know, give to the church to try to support multiple actions and multiple effects, such as paying the bills, paying the rent, keeping the lights on, you know, trying to make sure all the needs are met in the church are met, as well as supporting the gospel needs and trying to get onto the streets and spreading his name. And, but we will also see in the Bible of why we tithe, you know, you know, give the first 10th of, of your, of whatever you receive and put it in the storehouse. And that's just me giving layman's terms. I'm not going to try to back it up or anything, but, but we see oftentimes in our fellowship, and this is what I enjoy about our fellowship is like, oftentimes people will give practical explanations to biblical standards of, and they'll try to explain it both ways without just trying to apply it too much. And the thing is, is that we oftentimes go down into legalist and points is kind of like you said about the monkeys who, you know, after several generations of the monkeys being traded in and out, you have all these monkeys now that have no idea why they can't get to the food on top of the ladder. They just know you're not supposed to. Exactly. And that's the thing is it's like, I know I've been asked questions of why, okay, why do we do this? Why do we act a certain way? Why do we speak in tongues? And I don't have a clear cut definition of that. And I never will say, and if you give me a question of why, and I don't know, I will, I will just flat out say that I'm not sure of why, but I have faith that it works. Right. And I, and the things that I don't understand why I, unless it's some sort of moral thing of like, Hey, I'm married, but why can I not sleep with around? Like I'm a single person, you know, unless it's a moral situation like that. Most of the other times when it comes to some sort of standard of, you know, the basic way to conduct as Christian, if I don't know the answer, I'm not going to give this entire, well, you don't have faith in God because you don't see that. I will never tell anybody that. Yeah. I will try to back it up with the scripture. If I have the time, let's say if we're in a Bible study, if we're in a situation where like we're in a drug car driving or if we're, we're at dinner, I'll try to pull out my phone and say, okay, let's look at the Bible. I'll open my Bible and say, okay, let's go to this scripture where I know it's in here. And I'll try to reference this and we'll put our heads together because I am no better than anybody else. I am, I do not have any of the right answers, but, but to kind of go on back into this of what this podcast says is about was just legalism. You know, I, I, my, my goal in life is not to narrow a already narrow road, you know, (laughs) I, I, I never intend to make the, make the gates of heaven more and more closed you know like the gates of heaven are already locked for those who don't know jesus my intention is not to walk up to the lock and make it a digital passcode where less people know (laughs) yeah two-way factor (laughs) oh yeah let Uh, let us know that you're not a robot by pressing this (laughs) by this pressing this box i think too um a lot of times these standards okay so going back to setting a foundation in the mm-hmm. Bible, it says what you can do with little shows me that you can do what you can do with a lot. Mm-hmm. 
in militaries, they do this all the time. They teach you how to walk, what they call marching. You, you go mm-hmm. left face, right face. They're telling you how to turn. They're teaching you mm-hmm. how to walk and sync with everybody. And it's part of it is so you can look parade pretty for these events. But really what it's doing is it's instilling a command and a response. I am in charge of you. You're going to do what I tell you to do. And if you can follow these basic commandments when we're in combat, I know that you're going to listen to me when I say, go through that door, knowing that the enemy is waiting for you. Mm -hmm. So we do these things. And so pastors will say, Hey, tithe, pray, wear a suit and tie if this is what you want to do and at that moment in time you really don't know what you're doing but you do it and the more you do it the and the more you learn you'll understand the reason why i think what you said about tithing that's one of the one of the topics in my notes that that can put people off is you get there and every service no matter what we do we always take up an offering and if you're new to the church and you don't understand tithing or you haven't had that that revelation of the importance of tithing to you it's just like man here we go again these these bible thumpers are always trying to take my money they want to be like reveling copeland you know flying in in private planes that's that's what they're doing with my money and and that's not the case for a lot of us smaller churches i can't speak for the broad spectrum of you evangelists and and different types of churches throughout the world because let's be real it says in the bible beware of these false prophets because all they want is your your money so Mm -hmm. but from where i'm at and and the fellowship that i'm a part of we don't want your money because we need your money and a lot of people will ask hey well why does god want my money isn't he the creator of heaven and earth yeah that's true he doesn't Mm -hmm. need our money he never, you know, he doesn't need our money to, to be God. What it is to me, just tithing is just giving over, sacrificing what I have in reverence to God and saying, hey, man, you deserve the first share because you gave this to me. But that's that's going on tithing, and that's not what we're here for. So going back into to all of this is when you first start out, it's, it's hard to understand these things, but you have to trust the process. There is a reason behind it, and it's okay for you to ask questions. Hey, Pastor, mm-hmm. what what is this about? And these are also things that you don't understand. I pray about God. God is waiting for you to ask. Hey, God, help me. How do I pray? Hey, God, why do I have to wear this suit and tie? God will reveal these things to you. Mm-hmm. You know, through through His Word, through just conversation. And I'm I'm believing in God that. There are listeners tonight that are listening in that had these same questions, that have these same thoughts. And 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 I'll promise you this, the, the more that you have faith in God and the more you keep pressing forward in the kingdom, the more these things make sense. And you can develop, God will, and the Holy Spirit will guide you through your own convictions. Things yeah. that, that will help you to turn away from who you used to be. That's what, to me, a conviction is. God, I don't want to be my old self. Mm-hmm. God, I, I, who I used to be, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to give into these familiar spirits. So I have these convictions that safeguard me from giving into old temptations. Because you can cast out all these demons. Well, when they can't find a place, 
to live, they come right back. And if you open up that door to that old sin that you used to give into, he's going to come in and he's bringing 17 million of his homies. Mm -hmm. Now you're dealing with more of those. Um, So that's what, what convictions are. It's just, it's not to dictate your life like a cult, so to speak. Hey, if you want to be a part of this group, you got to sell everything you own, cut off your friends and your family, and you have to do all these things. Mm-hmm. And if you're in that type of situation, you're in a cult. Uh, absolutely. And absolutely. if you're in that situation, run. If it doesn't mm-hmm. feel right, it's probably not right. Right. And if it goes against God's word, it's definitely wrong. You know, um, so I did say that, right? If it goes against God's word, it's wrong. Right. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, sometimes I get, <laughs> I get so moved in it, but... um. You know, and I think so legalism in ministry, I like how we're, we're rolling with this on, on, Hey, I'm, I'm brother so-and-so and I've been here for 17 years and I'm the right. lead usher and all these things. I, I want to segue into what, unless there's more that you have to put on this, this, but I mean, we can always go back and revisit things because it's just an open mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah. So, there's a reason why in in most churches they won't put you in a public ministry or in a leadership role until you've established yourself by constantly coming to church, by being in prayer, by being a part of of the church and the everyday things. It's it's because in the Bible, I think it's in Timothy or in Titus. I was trying to look it up, but it says Anybody that wants to be in leadership shouldn't be a babe of faith because there's uh, extra temptations and pride can set in because your motives are wrong. You, you just got to church. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You just want, just like the cholo, I, I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to serve God. Absolutely. That's a great thing. That is a great thing. Mm-hmm. But there's a cautionary tales and and why we wouldn't put somebody who just got filled with the Holy Spirit on Wednesday, put them as the song service leader on on Sunday is because you'll have to deal with with um, those temptations of your old flesh and hell is coming against you. But also so. I totally lost my train of thought. I rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus Christ for taking away that from me, but I believe that God will bring that back in. Amen. And uh, the new convert isn't going to be given these roles of responsibility right away because you have to build that foundation. You have to build up these, these convictions. You have to abide by the known laws of the Bible, the commandments, the things that Jesus gave us, but you also have to build up your own convictions. This way, when the storms come, you are strengthened by your own convictions and the full armor of God to combat these temptations and these lies from hell. Now, where legalism in modern day society can be uh, a new age Pharisee, if you will, and I've seen this in, in, in churches in different denominations, and it's not necessarily a church thing or a Christ thing or a Christianity thing, but it's a personal thing. It's a human. What's a word uh, like? Uh, it, it, it's 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 a matter of the flesh. It's a matter of being just just human nature, right? Like, is, yeah, exactly. 
you know, I've, I've seen it happen where it's like, Hey, I've been in the church for 10 years. I, I should be next in mm-hmm. line for the door director. Right. We deserve this because we've, we've tithed. We were at every outreach we're at, we're doing all these things. So we're entitled to that. And when you, when you see that or you experience that you're having an issue of the heart because Mm -hmm. that person or you yourself have lost sight of the reason why you're doing what you're doing. And you never want to judge somebody else's salvation based off of your convictions Mm -hmm. and or your progress in faith, just like in spiritual fitness, I think that was the second or third episode that we published. I talk about spiritual, you know, a relationship with God, kind of like like pumping iron and being in the gym. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when I go to the gym and I see muscle heads, these big yoke dudes making fun of that that chunky person that's in the gym. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. You know, and it's like, why would you make fun of that person? Because they're big and they're trying to, they're trying to get better. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we can't be those muscle heads saying, ha, look at that fatty McFat fat. I bet right after this, they're going to go, you know, to uh glutton's paradise. Shout out pastor Mitchell for that one, you know, and go to golden corral and just <clears throat> stuff their face. But instead we need to, you know, instead of posting videos about how they don't know how to use the incline press or they don't know how to use this machine or they're doing their form is totally wrong. When we do that, we're, we're not focusing on spreading God's message, but we're trying to improve ourselves better than Mm -hmm. them. And that's what the Pharisees did. And going into, I have this marked down in Luke 18, nine through 14. And this is words of Jesus. And I know you Elijah brought it up, but it's something that I just wanted to read straight out of the Bible. So um, Luke 18 verse nine, it says also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Verse 10, two men went up to the temple to pray one, a Pharisee and the other tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus, with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not, uh, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven. But he beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you this, that man went down or I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Absolutely. You know, I confess that I, I i i was that person and that's mm-hmm. the reason why we don't um 
allow people to get into ministry right away because when I first truly got saved, I was in every ministry that I could because I was the cholo, so to speak. I was just excited to, to serve God. Mm-hmm. And then I, I just kind of got kind of burnt out and I lost focus of the reason why I was doing <clears throat> all these ministries. I, I started out doing all these ministries because I love God and, and I love and I wanted everybody to feel the same way that I did. But when I was one of the only few at every prayer meeting, at every, mm-hmm. you know, outreach, and of course I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating because there were people there, but in my mind, it felt that way. I was like, who is this guy? You know, why is pastor asking him to pray? He should be mm-hmm. asking me to pray because I'm, I'm pastor's right hand man. <laughs> you Absolutely. Know? Yeah. And, and that's what, and honestly, what you what you experienced with that is the you know for anybody who is hearing that that's anybody could easily fall in that trap because I've fallen the same thing too as well. Like I've you know I'm kind of like um the same guy. Like I'm, I'm I've got an IT background, so I'm in the sound booth a lot, working up there. Um, I'm on stage a lot. I teach the kids a lot. I teach you know this and that, and I go to a lot of the outreaches, and it's and this is kind of like we're kind of even going from a point of comparing yourself to someone else to actually just comparing yourself to these standards and thinking about why we do these things and trying to, and it gets to a point where you can burn yourself out, just trying to fill your time with activity for whatever reason, other than the gospel. You know, and that's something I've recently had to recalibrate myself in. Like, you know, like where I remember, I remember one point in time feeling like I was, you know, I go, I go like Sunday mornings. We have, we've got Sunday school for the kids during main service. I would go back there and teach the kids. And then Sunday night, I would be up on, I'd be up in the sound booth running it. And then Wednesday night, I would be in the hallway in the foyer. And I'm not saying any of this to brag at all. It's just the fact that in a lot of people are probably going to agree as well who are in ministry if you're in a smaller church. Whenever you see these things and whenever you like are experiencing these things, they've, you know, trying to function as a full church with a few people, it can get not only does it get exhausting, but you kind of wonder what the purpose is having to do everything whenever it feels like, oh, yeah, there's no one else to do it. I've got to do it now. And you start relying on yourself and you start applying these legalistic principles to yourself, which can come more of a weight instead of a instead of a blessing. Yeah. And, it becomes a burden. <laughs> uh-huh. Absolutely. And it's kind yeah. of and it, this is kind of like the idea of like doing fitness to heal yourself or try to get into the mindset of, you know, like, um, like in the back of the Marines, we used to do these like long hikes and like, I was with a, I was with a combat arms unit that loved to throw in our packs on and Hey, we're just going to go out there for miles in the backwoods. <laughs> we're going to row run through the Hills. And I remember there was times whenever I was just like, oh my goodness, we've got another 12 miler. We've got another 15 miler coming up in two weeks. And it was kind of like a, it started, I started changing my mindset of this is miserable. Why can we not stop? Why are we doing this? And 
I remember starting to get motivated and starting to get tired of this. And I remember my company, Gunner, started bringing that up to me and telling me, like, because I was at that point in time, I was following. I follow, uh, like, I followed, like, right directly behind the company garden, starting chain of command. Like, I was, and I was in a position where I was kind of his assistant uh, for the, co- the the company. And, and I remember, like, thinking this mind to myself, like, we're all, like, Gunny, we're doing all these runs, we're doing all these stuff. I'm supposed to get out next year. Well, what's the point? And at that point in time, I was a corporal. And he just told me, it was just like, well, first off, you're still, whether whether you're getting out tomorrow or the next 10 years you're still a marine and you still we're still going to have you abide to our standards yeah but also to Ooh, i like that i like that mhm you know it's like hey you're you're a marine so when you say you're a marine this is what it means to be a marine these are the qualifications and the qualities and the character of a marine that's powerful absolutely keep absolutely. going dude. i know I, I have an idea where you're going with this but i just want to just just keep going man but it's also too in this it's like whenever because like i'm someone that actually goes out there like i whenever i was out there i was trying to be a good christian example i was trying not to complain because whenever i was in actually out there i i was having fun you know i was running through the hills you know i was still going through my, my main pack with 60 70 pounds on my back you know running around and you know like when you get in that mindset and atmosphere and the journalist running you're kind of like but but once everything was said and done and i looked at the schedule outside of the hike i was just like come on man another one why why is the battalion commander but my that's the second (laughs) point that's another point my my company (laughs) gunner started wanted to bring up to me was like you see, like he brought this up to me too. At this point in time, I was already in. I had already been in for four or five years, and I had already done two deployments. I was already, you know, I wasn't the. I was never by any chance a stellar marine. I was average. I just, I was general population for the most of my enlistment. But he told me too, just like you still, you still in a position. Like you, you straight up told me you're known as a guy that's in the position of, you know, of a responsibility. You've, you're in a position of rank and these junior guys who are new coming out, they're seeing you on these hikes with them. Right. And it kind of, it kind of is like, all right, cool. It makes sense to me. And I kind of thought about that. It was just like, whenever someone who going into back into the point of where I was going with the ministry is and trying to hold on to these standards. These ministries, you know, like these being in this position, you know, there's oftentimes there are people who are watching that you don't think they're watching and how you act on them kind of goes into the legalistic standards of trying to not only trying to apply these things to your life without forcing them on other people, and being seen as the guy like, okay, cool. Not as a position of saying, hey, look at Elijah. He's this great man of God doing all these things. And that's not what I want at all. Honestly, like, I'm an introvert. I don't like being a center of attention. I get on stage, play bass every now and then and, pl- and 
pluck my fingers along and <laughs> and slap right. it a little bit. But that's but that's it. I do I have fun up there with uh, my friends who are the drummer and guitar, and that's it. You know, like it's you know I, I love praising God like that. But my point is not to bring myself to the center of attention, but all these positions that are kind of I'm feeling it's not only is it a need that's being that I'm supporting and all this had to be revealed to me through prayer and it's still being put in me, but all these things I'm doing and it's because something needs to be done. First off, second off, it's also people are seeing us who are, for those who are sort of ministry, people are seeing what we're doing. People see what we're contributing. People are seeing the joy we're bringing to what we're doing. And the same way as I was in this hike, having fun, because I would run around with my pack. And while in front of me, who doesn't know on, you know, the army's probably the same way, but on a Marine hike, we will hike a couple of miles, maybe about 50 minutes. And then we'll stop, drop our pack, sit down, rest. But during these 10 minute rests, you know, I'd be walking around without my pack on talking to the privates and, PFCs and Lance Corbett was like, hey, how you doing, man? You you sitting good? How's your pack feeling? How's your shoulders, man? All right, cool. Tough it up, man. You'll be fine. And, and just kind of encouraging them and having fun with them. And yeah. it's kind of the same thing is because you're in this face in the position who is supposed to be expending, you know, showing the joy of the Lord and joy in these positions. And that was something I had to repent of because because despite me being in these positions, not only was I not the only one doing them, but I was also in a position that I could be showing love and joy for the people who are watching. Yeah. And that's and that's what we're called to do. And kind of and that's kind of like the point of this podcast is going to is this like what we're trying to strive to is this what the Bible says is love God and love others. Yeah. And that, that is that's, the that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm, that is the rule of it, and that's kind of what. Not only my company, Gunner Stern, who was not a Christian, was trying to show to me. It was just like I, I was in a position, and I had the responsibility to love the core and present myself as a Marine, but to also to love and instill discipline at those under me who saw me. Right. And the same way in the churches, it's like we have this standard. We have to obey by and i'm not saying we have to love the law or the standard but we love god and so we apply the standards to ourselves because that's what he commanded as well as to love others whether they're able to withstand the standard or not when i was experiencing my own pharisee mind state or mindset when i was early on in ministry and just kind of getting disgruntled Mm -hmm. i had to talk to my pastor about it. Um, And that's an important thing. So if you find yourself in that same category, definitely talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. I like what you mentioned um, about that. Even if you you were going through it, you still pressed on, you know, they say fake it till you make it. And I talked to my pastor about it and, and anybody that knows me will say that they can tell how I feel by my body language, because I can't hide my emotions. You'll know exactly how I feel just by looking at me. Although I do have when I'm just 
merely existing, it looks like I am mad or sad. <laughs> um, which but, isn't the case. Bro, I'm, I'm just tired. I'm 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 glad you mentioned that because I'm the exact same way. Like yeah. I'm my resting face is stoke and angry. Like yeah. I think I think someone one time told me that I have got the face of an like you look at these Greek statues or these Roman statues. Yeah. And I've got the same facial <laughs> Yeah, expression of these Greek that. philosopher just resting and you can't tell if I'm upset or not. Or constipated. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> honestly yeah. too, like, and I'm thinking of myself as we're talking and I just imagine ourselves these men who have like scrunched eyebrows talking about the Bible as we yeah. giggle every now and then. And I'm right. so glad we, I'm so glad right now like this is not a video <laughs> podcast because nobody dude. would, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, that's that's so true, you know. And and I talked to my pastor, well, my previous pastor, and he would say, "Christian, there's days I don't even want to be here." He's like, "Dude, I'd rather just go fish. I rather I, like some days I don't want to be here, but it's not about what I want. It's what Absolutely. God called me to do. I have to be here and I have to serve, even though I had a very bad day." Because I have to do it for you guys to lift you up. Because I'm not the only person that had a bad day. I'm not the only person going through something. No one is unique in the battles that we face in our everyday life. We all have some similar tragedy, some fallout, something that, that happened. We're, we're, we're not unique in our suffering. Oh, we can keep doing it because, like I said... We, we love God and this is what God called us to do. And if you are so bent out of shape in the ministry that you're in, talk to your pastor and it's okay to mm -hmm. take a step back mm -hmm. because if all you're, you're doing is planting seeds of death in the ministry that God put in your hands, you're only going to reap fruit of death. Absolutely. If you're bad mouthing your pastor or you're bad mouthing a brother or you're criticizing people and you're, like I said, in the example at the gym and you're making fun of in that chunky person who doesn't know what they're doing in the gym, you forgot why you're in the gym. Absolutely. And the one way to fix yourself when you're in that situation, or even you might get bent out, bent out and, and burned out. Bent out of shape and burned out is what I wanted to say. And you just want to give up on the ministry that God put in your hands. Or you just might want to quit the church for that matter just because you're just so angry. What you need to do, and this is what I had to do, and that's the only reason why I'm saying this is what you need to do. It's it's more of a generalizational phrase than an actual commandment. Mm -hmm. So what I had to do is, one, I had to remember the reason why I started the reason why I started the men being in ministry is because I loved Jesus and I loved the fact that he loved me and I knew that I was bound for heaven not because of what I did but because that he set me free that he delivered me from all these things and I wanted other people to share in that mm -hmm. and knowing that but somewhere along the way Christian being a man tried to put things in his own hands and I got burned out and 
I had to adjust. I had I took a step back because I wanted to fall in love with Jesus again. I wanted to feel that love that I had for God. And to be honest, the love wasn't there. And I'm right. about to read 1 Corinthians 13. And I know this is overplayed at every wedding. And I honestly, it's one of my <laughs> least favorite because of the redundancy and, and the repetition of this. Um, but for this, for this sake, it, it means something totally different. Well, not something totally different, but it has another definition. So I'm going to read it and then I'll explain why. So first Corinthians 13 verse one, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits nothing. Because love suffers long and is kind love does not envy love does not parade itself <clears throat> it's not puffed up does not behave rudely does not seek its own it's not provoked thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in truth bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things love never mm -hmm. fails what's being said is is you can do all these things. You can follow all the rules like a Pharisee. You can know everything. You can have the wisdom like Solomon. You can you can know everything. You can know the future. You can know all the mysteries. But if you don't have love, then it's all for naught because Jesus Christ is love. And I, I'm not trying to be all hippy-dippy and be like, hey, man, peace and love and, and chicken grease. And, and, mm -hmm. and Jesus is all loving and God doesn't. Blah blah blah. No, God corrects people, just Amen. like just like a father loves. You can love your kid. My dad, my parents loved me to death, and past that. But did my dad take that belt off and and put it, you know, some to my backside? Sure enough, he did. But did he stop loving me? No, he didn't. So don't get it twisted when I say, you know, without love, you're not doing anything. What I'm saying is that. Because God loved us so much that he gave us his only begotten son. He loved us. He chose to love us. Mm -hmm. He loves us. And that's what we have to do. And once you lose that, it doesn't matter that you can prophesy, that you can speak in tongues because it's all for naught. And mm -hmm. when I held on to these laws and I became legalistic like a Pharisee, I missed the entire the entire message of Jesus Christ. And, Absolutely. And I fell, you know, and I fell from that. But the good news is, is I can say firsthand that I bounced back. And every person I've talked to said they've struggled with this spirit of why them and not me, or God, look at what I'm, doing compared to that person why are you blessing that person instead of me and yeah in, we, it's a new it, it's human nature to experience these things friends and i'm not here to say like oh 
your experience of that, you can't be saved. And no, that's not what we're saying at all. What we're saying is please talk to your pastor. Please talk to a close brother and sister in the church. You know, you talk to someone in the church who is, you know, who will straighten you on the straight and narrow. I've had conversations with the men in my church about things that I, even like carnal things that were not even legalistic, but kind of like a greasy grace thing. Like, and I would ask them along the lines of, Hey, is it really a sin to do this? And, and the response I get is, well, if you got to ask, well, what do you think your answer is? Right. Or even better yet, something I heard was, Hey, that's, that's not really a sin, but why would you want to do that? And it was an answer I didn't really like to hear, but it was <laughs> yeah. an appropriate answer. Yeah. It's and like, it, dude, I want, I want black and white. I want, I want to know definitively, <laughs> is this what I want need to do? But I think when they did that, it was kind of like allowing you to, to, <clears throat> to build your own convictions on things mm -hmm. because you have to think, you have to apply critical thinking instead of just being um, like a Pharisee or just being uh, a sheep to the slaughter, just doing it because like you have to start thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I not doing this? And I think that allows more substance and, and it gives you your own reasoning behind whether you should or you shouldn't. Right. Like for instance, um, off topic, if you want to cut this out, feel free. I'm just going to mention it. <clears throat> but for instance, like like I mentioned, I, I teach in the children's church. And I teach the 6 to 12-year-olds. And, man, I have so much fun back there. Um, it's a blessing to me. But we go off on some crazy tangents. <laughs> um, one time, I don't know how we got off it. I remember having our lesson plan messed up, like where... I was supposed to teach something, but the person week prior taught them what I was supposed to teach or whether that was my fault or their fault. That's neither here nor there. It was probably my fault here nor there though. Um, and so I was just like, oh, okay, what do you guys want to talk about? One of the kids said the book of Revelation. So I had a writer on the wall on their whiteboard and we started talking about Revelations. Whatever the question was, I would give the answer and they would take down notes. Five minutes in, we talked about nuclear war. I don't know <laughs> yes. how we got there, but God bless it. I loved it. Yeah, but, that's awesome. But there, the, my point is, is that um, we, I remember they asking me about Pokemon. Pokemon was never a conviction of mine. The same thing with Harry Potter, because as a kid, I remember having the cards and I remember having one video game. I did not care about anything else. I liked the video game because it was an RPG. And then I like the cards because I, I like the idea of deck building and being able to build your own army and things like that. And I would play with my friends at school. I had no idea about any of the backstories under that. I did not care. Right. Um, Harry Potter, I, it was not even on our radar because I the people that liked Harry Potter when I was a kid, I, I didn't really, I'll just be blunt, I really wasn't friends with them. So it was like, oh, they like Harry Potter? No, I don't want anything to do with that. And the movies were just kind of weird to me anyway. So none of these things are really, were really um, 
any of my fans. So it's easy for someone to say, oh, yeah, it's demonic or what have you. But one of the kids brought up Pokemon. And they were asking me about it and things like that. And they were asking me if it's really demonic or what have you. And whenever I'm in different standpoints with the kids or with young minds and things like that, I just tell them, talk to their parents. Yeah. Talk to, and that's the same thing with any of my podcasts here. Talk to your authority about the things I'm saying and get clarity and get your own answers. And also most of our audience is probably going to be adults. So do you, pray read your bible research but it's like like they bring up they bring up these things and there's constantly a new fad or a new trend that hits the the streets or the stores and i can't i've never been one to keep up with what's popular and so i remember hearing from i did a bible con- like a children's church conference a few years back and there was a pastor that was preaching at one of the seminars and he made the statement of something along the lines of, and he brought up Harry Potter because he remembers the entire Harry Potter craze. Everybody was taking these Harry Potter books from whatever they can get them and throwing them out and burning them because they said it was demonic and stuff like that. But the real issue wasn't, you know, like, because they now not only did all these kids think about like Harry Potter being wrong, while that was going on, no one was teaching what was right. Yeah. And the that's, when it profound. Oh yeah. And he even made a more profound statement when it comes to convictions and legalism and things like that. In physics, whenever you have darkness, you cannot replace darkness with more darkness. You can never remove darkness except for with light. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing that's just the point of all this is to when it comes down to personal convictions or something like that, this must be established with the light. This must be established with the gospel. And that's what I'm trying to reiterate with all this when it comes to legalism and convictions and what have you, is all of this has to be established with a light and a form. And mm-hmm. so I hear people come out and they say, back to the Pokemon thing, I don't I don't know. I'm I don't really care if someone wants to have an issue with it that's fine but it's like i don't play i don't care um i hear people say that there's some of the long lines of whenever i hear someone talk about pokemon oh pokemon's bad okay how is it bad well it's well it's japanese gods okay which yeah, it's, and bad. It kind of, it's just bad <laughs> yeah and that's all yeah. i can get of is just like all that i hear them doing is parakeeting and yeah. i'm not saying anybody disagree with their authority or rebel against their pastor but you have to with each standard you're given you're even even your pastor is going to back a pastor is going to back you up with this statement read your bible pray do your own research mm-hmm. find out the reason why we do certain things exactly. find out the reason why we have convictions yeah. and that's what i tell the kids there is ask your parents for you know, ask your parents what their thoughts are on this Bible structure or the scripture. And I truly believe that, you know, there's been times whenever I'll hear, you know, like I'll have a standard put on me or I'll hear um, someone's conviction and I'll pray about it. And God will bring me clarification on that. Yeah. And whether the person was trying to force it on me or not, God will tell me like, oh, that's a conviction I gave to them. Oh, that's a that it's something that they've gifted them. Um, 
apply it to yourself if you right. want. Don't worry about it. And because for me, it's in like I live next to the beach. I hardly ever go to the beach because all there is naked people at the beach. I don't want to yeah. see the beach. And so that's something I but that's something I made a conscious decision. I'll only go to the beach if someone else is if I'm with my church for accountability purposes or with close Christian friends who yeah. I have someone else to distract my mind with. Yeah. But but I cannot say, hey, don't go there by yourself, brother or sister, because there's there's bad things down there. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to um like my whole analogy, metaphor, or whatever you want to call it about being in the gym. Mm-hmm. When you see that person who's new to the gym or they don't know how to do a certain type of exercise, it's okay mm-hmm. to go up to them and tell them, hey, you're doing this exercise wrong and this is the correct way to do the exercise. Right. But it's how you do – it's how you come at people because right. if, if you just storm at them and say, hey, look, man, you're doing all this, man. Don't you know that this is a sin? They're going to be turned off by you and Absolutely. by, and they're not going to receive any of your message. Just like right. at the gym, if I see this meathead coming over to me and, and he's you know coming at me sideways, I'm going to be like, dude, go away, dude. Nobody asked you for your help. I'm perfectly right. fine doing what I'm doing. But when you point out somebody that, that's messing up, right, mm-hmm. and you tell them the reason how they're messing up and how to correct it, they're able to think for themselves and apply logic and try to understand where you're coming from right? instead of just blatantly like disregarding what you said, because they take it personal. Um, I've always said this. It's one of my many sayings, catchphrases is I don't know what I don't know. Right. And if you tell me what I'm doing wrong, I'm obviously doing it because I don't know. Mm hmm. And if you explain to me why I'm doing, why I shouldn't be doing it, it, it makes it so much easier for me to learn. Now, when we talk about fads and the, the latest trends and crazes, whatever, TikTok and social media and all that good stuff, um, certain words that are being used in the cool hip lingo vernacular of the the modern time of the youth are actually rooted in double meanings of different Mm -hmm. words and different languages and and different things of that nature. And because I know that I'm able to say, Hey, don't say that because this is what it really means. Mm -hmm. And as Christians and we deal with things of the world, Satan is, is after our children. And they if you are. don't believe that, then then brother and sister, you're you're, you're fooled. Amen. Satan is after our children, and Satan is going to use the school systems and and the social medias and all these things to desensitize our children to think that certain words like "uwu" is is cute, but it's not, or different fads. Is cool because everybody wants to be a part of somebody or be a part of something bigger and they all want to fit in. That's just human nature. Mm-hmm. And as our children are trying to develop their own identity, mm-hmm. they're going to experiment in what they think is popular and what is, is what is acceptable. And if we are not trying to understand what 
the mass media and Satan is trying to influence on our children, it's going to be really hard for us to teach them convictions for them. It's easier to teach somebody how to swing a golf club than it is to try to retrain them how to swing a golf club. So if you teach mm -hmm. them the right way, they're always going to hit that golf ball pure. Unlike me who learned at a later age in life. And now I'm trying to apply my own understanding and logic on how to swing a golf club. And that's the reason why I shoot high nineties instead of like my brother who is a scratch golfer who could probably be on the pro tour, but that's a, something besides the point. Um, you, you, but sound, <clears throat> you sound kind of upset about this. You, I do am. We need for this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I need to repent. I need to repent and, and I need, you know, I need, I need to ask God, God, how do I get better in golf? Do I need to tithe more? I think I'm going to put an extra 50 in the, in the offering plate on Sunday. Of course I'm being facetious. Um, but, and, th and that's, uh, and I, and I like how you mentioned of Pokemon and, and Harry Potter, because you'll run across those people like I never let my kids watch anything Disney because Disney is of the devil. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, cool, man. I'm it, if I if I have to babysit your kids or or if I'm teaching them something in children's church, I will not put on a Disney movie. I mean, I wouldn't anyway, but yeah. you know, I think you know, and it, it all goes back down to to personal convictions. But if you understand the reason why you're correcting somebody, my advice is to before you correct them, just pray about it. Don't let it be a knee-jerk reaction. Just pray about it and and go from there and do it out of love because if you're doing it just to correct somebody to be to show them that they're wrong, <laughs> you're doing it all wrong and you're causing your brother or your sister in Christ to stumble. And I don't know if you know this, but that's a sin. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's the thing is just like we can – we can get so hung up on this, and like because I'm not going to give it a history lesson, but the Salem witch trials were found in almost the same thing, where it was just like I don't know the full details off the top of my head, but this it turned into hearsay of what who's wicked and what's wrong and what have you, yeah. which turned into you know witch hunt, and they created all these rules of who is a witch and who's not. The same thing, kind of like how the Pharisees are. And if I'm mistaken, please give me a history lesson on that. But it was almost the same thing. And that's kind of what I experienced in my, not only this church, but the first church too, where, and I'm not saying people were rooting out church, like witches at all, but, <laughs> but going, going back to Harry Potter, I remember there was a girl in high school who went to the same church as I did. And she had told me, a story about how she had and there is some spiritual dynamics of it about that i'm not going to go into it because this isn't about it but she was having demonic dreams because one of her sisters was reading harry potter in the house and so they stopped reading harry potter and they and i don't know whether it was harry potter or not or what have you or anything like that and that's not what i'm here for but yeah as we were talking to come to find out like i brought up um you know the chronicles of narnia which i was a fan of as high school i'm a huge lord of the rings buff by the way i absolutely love it but um as well as chronicles of narnia who was friends of the writers but they um 
but this uh, sister in Christ who I was going to church with, oh, she was like, oh, my mom doesn't let me read that one either because it's got magic in it. Um, and and it kind of blew my mind. I was just like, what? Hi. And I did my, I tried researching this. I talked to my English teacher who is a Chronicles Narnia fan. And that's when he told me about the friendship of C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. But anywho, um, he kind of told me, it was just like, well, he was a Christian as well. And he told me that, listen, you, you can't, you can't force convictions on other people the same way, but you also can't unforce or remove, force away conviction from other people. They have to come to terms with it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something we experience in life too, is this like where I was for, for a couple of weeks, I was vexed. I was like, whoa, no God, how can this be? And, and things like this. And, <laughs> You know, how can how can Aslan the lion be of an evil spirit or or I can't remember how I was coming upon it. Uh, but it was this that's what I've got to remind myself is that people have to come to terms of their own salvation through, you know, either love or fear and trembling or fasting or what have you. Because there was things I was convicted of as a child that I'm no longer convicted of because it's not only is it a sin for me not only is it no longer a sin for me to indulge in that or however, but I am also no longer in a place where it's just like, I understand what it means to experience that. Like I remember whenever I first started coming to church and joining ministry covenant, I didn't touch video games at all for about three years. And it was just, Something of me, like, I was just like, man, I want to play him again, but I think it's a sin. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And I finally came to God about it, and I was asking, okay, what's what's about this? And I remember I was like, okay, then I came to terms of it again, and, and I think God was kind of revealing to me, okay, it's good in season. It's good for a time if you've got other things, you know, prioritized, and if it's on the bottom of the list. And I didn't really play video games in high school, but I played them as like when I was in the Marine Corps because of, you know, that's when I had downtime, I didn't have a way to run away and, or do my normal Arkansas stuff. And right. so I started indulging in that. And it was a, something I let get carried away where I was like, okay, I understand why I was convicted now. And so I had to put away the video games and I haven't touched video games in a couple months. I'm completely, fine with that right now in my season of life it's not a sin to play video games just as long as it's not like the really really bad ones or like grand theft auto or that but it's it's something i've kind of had to put away for now to refocus right. my walk with christ yeah it's a conviction you know absolutely it, you know it, it's not a matter of uh it's a, like my old pastor would say because i would always ask all these random questions because i'm very mm-hmm. inquisitive just in life um and he was like, you know, you just have to formulate your own opinion and your mm-hmm. own convictions through God guiding you through the Holy Spirit. But at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, is it um, is it a sin issue and is it going to cost somebody their salvation? Mm-hmm. And if it's not, then, hey, you know, let it ride and just let others just let God work in other people's lives because we're not cookie cutter Christians. We're not cookie cutter people. There's no two people that are exactly the same and even twins, even though they're very similar, 
they probably have their own way of doing things and and that's okay and that's just how god made it absolutely and that's the thing is it's like i can't the same way like i was saying the same way i can't force someone's convictions away from them i can't force my own convictions of you know, video games and things like that in my in my life on someone else because it was like it wasn't like I was skipping church. It wasn't like I was, you know, not going to outreach because of like, oh, I got this new game I want to play. You know, it's okay to enjoy life sometimes and take mm-hmm. a step back and like have personal hobbies, but you have to draw a line in it and have a point. Yeah, and that's kind of like the same thing with almost everything. Is just like I'm not here to say like everything's okay in moderation. But you have to, when convictions come in play, there's a reason why we have them sometimes. Exactly. If you're truly prayed up and you're truly reading your Bible, and you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the best at either one of those, but I do have a prayer life and I do read my Bible almost three chapters a day at times. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm not it's right just with like that. anything that that gets in the way of you doing what God called you to do, right? It's mm-hmm. like Absolutely. anything I always viewed sin as anything that comes in between you and God. Mm-hmm. And dude, I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Um, sometimes I, I come home after a long day and it's like, mm-hmm. dude, I just want to veg out. All I, all I want to do is just watch one of the programs that I like or, you know, um, something, whatever. Right. Right. And I'm always convicted. Mm-hmm. Like 99% of the time I'm convicted. And the Holy Spirit is like, so you want to watch another episode of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay. Um, but you don't want to pick up your Bible? Okay. Right. And I'm always like, I, I, I don't hear an audible voice, but I just get this thought like, you get you you what what I'm choosing over God is me um denying him again. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And and it's and it's kind of like same with video games or you know, watching Netflix or Hulu or whatever, whatever it is that, that you're into, or even just reading a, a different book but besides the Bible, it's it's kind of like whatever you put before God can be wrong, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying anything, of course, formulate your own opinions, formulate your own, your own convictions. But if it takes the place of God, then it becomes an idol. And that's, you know, a topic for another day, but anything that, that takes precedent over, over God and things that are to, uh, feed the the Holy Spirit inside you is is detrimental not only to your salvation but to your life in general. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that's what um, and that's kind of what we're thinking of is just like and you can you can replace that noun with or a verb or with any action you want. Yeah. Hey, instead of going to church and I'm going to go see the boys, instead of reading my Bible, I'm just going to go fish all day. I'm in a, and having one of these days out of the blue, it's perfectly fine. You know, Mm -hmm. we're not, you know, in the kingdom of God, we don't have track records. We have obedience. We have, 
we have things of repeat action that kind of brings favor. Like, okay, yeah. cool. He's someone that shows up at the church and prays all the time. He's someone that's doing these things. And I believe God does bless obedience over sacrifice. But having an off day every now and then, it's not does not mean you're backslid. I'll be yeah. you spent all day playing video games, but and then you went to bed and completely forgot to read your Bible. We have days like that. Yeah. But the point is, is like, is that every day? Where is your yeah. standards? Yeah, it doesn't become the norm. You know, right. like my pastor, um, it was funny because I, I had a conversation with my previous pastor and he was like, Christian, I don't know why people always ask for my permission. Like, mm -hmm. hey, if you want to go on vacation with your family, it's okay to go on vacation. Mm -hmm. It's okay, you know, that, that you do these things because that's God doesn't want us to be mindless robots Absolutely. That, that come to, because then you fall into that legalistic point of view or mindset. And then you become a Pharisee because you just burnt out. It happens. So it's okay to do these things or, and, and it's good to talk to your pastor about mm. everything. You know um, what, what my previous pastor was saying, I don't know why people are always asking my permission I think what he meant by that was he was just saying, I'm not dictating your life. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you yes or no, or obviously he will, you know, on, on certain things. But what he meant was you have to think for yourself, but it's good that you seek my counsel. And I'm talking as my pastor or, you know, thinking like, Hey, it's good to, that you come and, and you seek the advice of, of headship. But at the same time, you have to formulate your own opinions, your own things, and and um, and it's good to to double check with somebody of authority because they're the ones that can say, "No, dude, you're wrong." Because we can think, "Hey, man, we're in the right," because we want to be in the right, and then you run it by somebody who is unbiased, and they'd be like, "Yeah, you're wrong." So, if you have an idea on a conviction or you just need clarity again, you don't know what you don't know. And just talk to your pastor, talk to somebody who has been established in your church and your community, because you never want to ask a guy begging for money on the side of the road. How do you get a million dollars? No, you, you, you go and you talk to that guy who's a millionaire or a billionaire or mm -hmm. whatever on how, how to do something successfully. The kind of uh, wrap up our endpoint of what we've been talking here tonight, man. Like, like the thing I'm trying to clarify for everybody listening, everybody that wants to know, you know, convictions are good, but you can't force your conviction on everybody else because it, without without your vision or without your conviction, it just turns into legalism because not everybody's going to understand the point you're coming from. Not everybody sees the the point of view of God that you currently have, you know, we're all in this life together, yet we're all walking, we're all walking the same road, but we're on different, different parts of the road that sees different mm -hmm. things. And so to kind of reiterate this, talk to your pastor about how you feel because legalism and conviction can, there's a thin line between them, but also on top of that too, a good way to alleviate either one, whether to have not to give someone else legalism, 
or to receive legalism or be able to place under legalism, have good communication and have a good relationship with your pastor or yeah. at least your, your faith, you know, your, your disciple, whoever's discipling you is what I'm trying to say. And also have, you know, you don't need to know the Bible perfectly, but at least be fed up on the word of God and be prayed up with God. And yeah. he will bring light into all of these things to you. And so for anybody who's listening to all, I am not, this was not about cults. This was not about, you know, your church is wrong. This is not saying you were wrong, but know where your convictions are coming from. So yeah. for everybody else watching. Exactly. Yeah. And the only way I love what you said earlier is the only way you can combat darkness is with light. Mm -hmm. And Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Light Absolutely. of the world, you sent down into the darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Yeah. When I get to heaven, I'm actually going to be able to sing well. Or at least that's yeah, the hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus is, or God's going to be like, Christian, depart from me. You are off key. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't imagine oh. heaven like I remember my grandma telling me heaven's just going to be us constantly worshiping God. And I just pictured us all in clouds, like like singing to God and and God being like, "All right, cool, let's move them to the clouds away from the rest <laughs> of the choir. They're yeah, throwing everybody yeah. else. They're they're allowed in heaven, but they they can't sing in the choir." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We got to just audiate. Just move your mouth, but don't say anything. But, <laughs> you know, so. But again, uh, thank you, Elijah. This uh, has been fantastic. It's always a pleasure, man. Yeah, we have exceeded um, definitely. Normally for these podcasts, I like to keep everything under an hour just for your guys' time's sake and, and attention span. Um, but I definitely felt the Holy Spirit moved within us to bring this to you all. If you have any questions or you would like to uh, just just discuss this further with us, our email address is in the bio link description, whatever you want to call it. So feel free to reach out. I just pray and I hope that this message reaches you well and that it stirs conversation within yourself and within people in your community and at your church. I will, the one thing it's just eating at me that I have to say is that I never want you to keep anything to yourself, whether Absolutely. it's, it's a conviction or something that you're not, or you're hung up on. Um, don't hold it into yourself. Seek clarity from your pastor, from your, your, your parents. If you're younger, if you're a teenager, seek some some guidance but don't hold anything in because again like i always preach one thing that hell wants you to do is to think that you are alone at this absolutely and when hell can get you isolated is when you're cut off from from all those people that love you in christ that want you to succeed so absolutely don't don't hold it hold it in so if you if you feel uncomfortable with something um just find that friend or or somebody to open up to, but definitely don't keep it to yourself. And if you're struggling with sin or you're like I was being a Pharisee, it's okay. 
Well, it's not okay to, to continue on that, but it's okay that um, that you realize that and just turn away from that. And with that being said, again, thank you all for this. I will be out of the net for all of February. Pray for me as I am not going to be having the best time of my life. <laughs> um, yeah, but I will be releasing more episodes uh, in February because I'm going to pre they're pre-recorded and then we're just going to release them throughout uh, February. So look forward to that. There's uh, I know for sure, at least two other episodes that will be released. One that I'm going to be doing um, uh, the Holy spirit pressed on my, on my life during, during prayer on this upcoming one that I'm going to do solo. And then I will be releasing another um sermon sunday so look forward to that that should be dropping around um valentine's day because the topic is on marriage i'm not married but i will be one day and i just remember this this great sermon from uh, uh that i feel like it's just time sensitive so thank you all again pray for us as we're praying for you and uh, i truly mean that and thank you all for spending your drive to work or drive to home or whatever it is that you're doing. I'm just grateful that you're spending it with us as we are doing God's will. So thank you and God bless you all and peace and chicken grease. All right. And thank you for listening to the rambling of a couple hillbillies.